0: That's a great way to make money and to hit your million-dollar mark in your one-year period.
1: That sounds very smart. So, how are we going to make a million bucks in 2024?
2: Go. OnlyFans. Rob <laughs>
1: bank.
0: Rob People bank. are
2: going to pay me not to go on OnlyFans. Right?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, don't rob a bank. A million dollars is an attainable goal. I think there's a lot of ways to do it. I think real estate is a fantastic way to make money. It's um, as long as you're doing it via like a value-added type product, mm-hmm. or you're buying something, you're putting an equity into it, and then either selling it or cashing out of it. You know, that's how you're going to make big chunks of money. If you go and you buy it and expect to make a million dollars profit in one year off of rents, that's that's probably not going to happen. You know, I've been buying stuff for 20 years and I've never been that lucky. Um, I did have one deal where I bought it for 800 and sold it for a million eight in 12 months. But that was like, so that's almost your million dollars. Right. So but that's very rare. And that's only happened to me once.
1: What are some types of properties that we should be really looking at in 2024?
2: I I mean, I was going to say so obviously added value off market. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's where you're going to get a deal once it hits. The problem is once it hits the MLS with the multiple listing service, which is what goes to Zillow and Trulia and all of those websites, once it hits there, it's, it's too late. The idea is to find something off market, find uh, a property that's, I don't know, uh, they're having maybe pre-foreclosure even, something mm-hmm. like that. Somebody that's unfortunately maybe not in a great position needs to get rid of the property quickly and they don't really care because they just want to avoid foreclosure or how do you
1: do, how do you find pre foreclosure
2: look up you can find out i mean it's posted when they miss their payments it's all public yeah. knowledge make you friends. could literally drive down the street if you look like a if you see a house that looks like it's falling yeah. apart knock on the door find out the situation
0: make friends with some of the bankers and yeah. try to understand some of the smaller banks it'll be easier to figure out than the bigger ones but they'll they'll tell you they have lists talk to people they'll tell you who's not paying but again this is about how to make a million dollars right in one year mm-hmm. so Let's, why don't we talk about what not to buy?
1: Okay. Right. What shouldn't we buy? What
0: shouldn't we buy? So we shouldn't buy anything that's already done. Correct. Right. Anything yeah. that doesn't need work.
1: Anything you walk into and you're like, this is gorgeous, it's perfect. because
2: yes. you're paying don't for somebody, else's, somebody right. else's sweat and somebody else's time, and you're paying yes. a premium for yes.
0: this. And there's, there's less of a chance, you know, um, unless you're buying it and you know that someone else really wants it and you know you're going to be able to market up a million dollars in one transaction – but other than that... Which doesn't happen.
2: It's not... Yeah, that's yeah. not really super realistic. But, you know, the, the problem is, and I think we, we talked about this once in the past, was if you find a property... So, so let's say you find a property that needs work, you put some money into it, now you've built some equity. If, if shit hits the fan and the market comes down, something like that, you have a little bit of a buffer. That's going to protect you when things really go south. So you have maybe a 20%, 30% buffer that even if, the, even if the value drops 20%, you're still ahead of where you bought it. Yeah. So that's the problem with buying stuff that's already good to go is you're buying it at market value. Mm-hmm. And you, it's just going to raise, you know, whatever it is, X amount a year as it appreciates. That's really it. Unless it's value add. Don't buy anything that's
0: tied up into an estate or something that's in probate that's going to take years to close because mm. you, won't, you won't
2: make your money in that year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so one of the things that I've been looking into a lot recently is instead of going the traditional investment route, it's a little riskier, but going the Airbnb route. Mm. So the short, short-term rentals in destinations in North Carolina, um, areas like that where people go and they don't mind right. spending because you're going to make it's higher risk because you don't have a 12-month lease or a six-month lease or anything like that.
1: Right, it's done by the week, basically.
2: Exactly, but the returns can be significantly higher.
0: And you're also taking your normal rent, you're taking, you're taking a traditional, you're taking it out of a traditional approach and turning it into a non-traditional. So if you took a four-family home mm-hmm. and you knew you were renting each unit for $2,000 a month, right, but now you have four units that you can Airbnb, you may be renting those for $500 a weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's still 2000 a month, but, you know, maybe you're renting it for $1,000 a week and who knows what that market is, but that you're taking something and you're ta- taking it into a different level. Maybe that's a way to make a million dollars.
1: But how are you going to manage all of that in North Carolina or Telluride or Vail or wherever gonna you're going to- I'm going to be gonna... missing
2: a long time. Uh, yeah. I'm going to hire somebody. <laughs> but there, yeah, there's then there's where companies. all
1: your money goes to hiring someone.
2: Yeah, but the, you, you, you factor it in. When you run the numbers, you find out, okay, management's going to cost you 7 8, 9, 10%, whatever the number is of the gross mm-hmm. rate, And you factor that in when you're running your numbers. And there's tools out there that will actually give you analytics on Airbnb properties in different areas. So it'll tell you, okay, there's a property similar to the one you're looking at that rents 200 days a year, 200 nights a year. And this mm-hmm. is what the average rent is. And you can literally just plug it into a basic calculator and find out mm-hmm. exactly what your return is. Ah. So as long as you do everything on the front end and you obviously yeah, look, if something like I'm a skier, I want to buy something in a ski resort town. Skiing is not doing too well on the East Coast right now because we have no snow, no snow. and it's right. 50 degrees every other day. It is. But um, you just have to factor that type of stuff in and just be aware that you might have a slow winter. And you just got to factor in into your vacancy, okay. into, your, into your rate there.
0: So value add, Airbnb options. I have another one. Do
1: you think vacation options are good?
2: I think if you know
0: your market, and I think Airbnb, you could definitely make a lot of money in it. Okay. There's a lot of restrictions. There's a lot of rules. As long as you know that that the municipality that you're... Buying in allows it, and you think the market's there. I definitely think that's a way you could make some. Like, I'm not doing anything around here. Yeah. Right.
2: Especially, like, there's a lot of areas around here, like Jersey City, for instance. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure Jersey City, Airbnb, they have rules now. now, Yeah. I I think they're not allowed anymore. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking out, you know, in different areas in, in the West Coast and in the South, areas that people are going to travel to 12 months a year. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, I think it's a viable option. So that's a viable option. The value add where you're fixing something and
0: you're flipping it within that year. Um, I think another exciting opportunity is um, getting entitlement for land. So you take a piece of land that has nothing on it and it doesn't have approvals for any type of building. You go out and you have. approval done for that land so for instance raw land may have a value of a million dollars but now you get approval for 200 apartments on that land it now goes from a million dollars to potentially a six million dollar piece of land so that's a great way to make money and to hit your million-dollar mark in your one-year period
1: wait so you go you buy the land you get the approval
0: you don't even have to buy it you could get it under contract get yourself enough time to go to that Uh town and get them to approve the new project. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're really aggressive and you have a, a pro-development city or town, you could probably get that done in a year. Wow. And then when you resell it, that's when you make your, your, your money.
1: That sounds very smart. Yeah. So you're actually selling your That's called entitlement. Your
0: work. You're selling your work, right? Yeah,
1: you're selling so- your your your... And you may not even
0: have there. to close on it. You may you may be able to to get it approved and then sell it to somebody else. So you're not actually you're closing. You could that assign that contract. That is a that great
1: contact. way for someone who doesn't have a ton of money to start themselves mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the investment yep. arena.
0: It's an awesome way to do it. Oh, we um, have to do
1: a whole show just on that.
0: We can. We can. Yeah. That's um, exciting. I haven't done it like that. I've done entitlements, but it's it's either for stuff that we're building or it's for other people. I've helped them do it. But there's definitely a ton of money there. I've seen people do it. I've seen people make good money quickly. So I would say
1: that's another option.
0: Yeah. What else do we have?
1: As an agent, how is an agent going to make a real estate agent? How are they going to make a million dollars?
2: Just just hustle. That's (laughs) that's really it. There's there's no other. Look, it's it's, you know, it's building relationships. It's learning what you're doing. and just like anything getting good at what you're doing that's how you make money is
1: building a team a viable option to building a team
2: yeah building a team can do it that
1: get you to a million
2: it can yeah i mean look some of the some of the big teams out there they're making Mm -hmm. they're making tons of money um because you get a piece of all the business underneath you as well right but you know really the 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 key to success in in anything but especially real estate is just you first of all you have to be on residential you have to be available 24 7 Mm -hmm. like it could be Thanksgiving, and if somebody calls you, if you don't answer that phone, they're going to somebody else because yep. everybody's got their license, it seems. Um, so you just have to be responsive. You have to be honest. You have to do the right thing, and just don't think about the money, really. You're, you're going to get paid on the deal when it closes, but if something happens, just do right by the client, and they'll remember that.
0: So that's that's one. I, I like commercial sales. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great way to make a, a ton of money because it's easier to get higher-level price points in commercial, and I think that that commission can roll in and you could do 10 deals and make a hundred grand on each deal. And that's your million dollars right there.
1: So do you have a plan? Like should an agent like either commercial or residential, should they have like a plan for the year? And should that plan, do you guys have a plan? What's your plan? Let me know.
0: Marketing, marketing get as many listings and many properties to represent in commercial as possible and getting out and selling them.
1: Do you write down a plan or do you just have it sort of in your head?
2: A mixture, (laughs) (laughs) uh, yeah, it's really just it for for me going into twenty twenty four. It's really one of the things I want to focus on. So I've traditionally represented. Let's say two thirds of my deals have been on the buying side versus mm-hmm. one third on the on the selling. I was side. your buyer. You were the best one. Thank you. Sorry okay. if anybody else is listening. Um, you're all <laughs> great. But, uh, no, um, but uh, we're gonna get hate mail next. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but seriously, like so, going into twenty twenty four, one of the things I want to focus on is taking money from some of my traditional lead sources and putting it into marketing SEO, which is search engine optimization, things like that, so people can find me more organically. So it's not me. Somebody picks up the phone, they call one of these websites, um, and they get me on the phone, as opposed to building a name for myself in, in a certain area.
0: Adams I, think, Adam I, think, I think the listings. Just wait for the billboards. The listings are
2: where where the money is. Okay.
0: Yeah, um, it's much easier to get to control properties, e- even with commercial. I'd say eighty percent of what I do is I represent uh, buyers. Sorry, not buyers. I represent the actual sellers of the property or or the landlords for the for the leasing, and um, that's where the money is. But you know? it's Which easier be, to get buyers, right? I think it's easier to get buyers or tenants. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's harder to get the representation of of the clients because you really have to show that you know what you're doing, um, but. I think that's the way to generate more money. If you get 10 representations of a million dollar properties, you know, there, there's your money. Uh, But again, this is for people that don't have this stuff. So if you don't, if you're not in that market yet and you're building your market, you go and you look for opportunities, any type of opportunity where you're creating value via, Mm -hmm. through land, via, through the Airbnb, um, via, via, through uh, even construction. So let's say. You're buying a a house and you're adding. You're buying a flat ranch house for eight hundred thousand dollars, and you throw a second level on it, and and now it's
2: a two million dollar house. There
0: you've created money. You do two of those in one
2: year, you've hit your mark. And and back to what you were saying before, it it, creating value. Let's say the Airbnb route. I buy a property for a million dollars because the rent roll is X. If you do it on a traditional rent, but if I'm able able to Airbnb it and make a higher rent roll, now I've created value. Now I can potentially, if I wanted to, go around and sell the property at a profit. Because mm-hmm. now it's worth more because the rents are higher and I can show it. Yep. You, you also take... have
1: free vacation time. I
2: also have free vacation time, yeah. <laughs> so
1: actually, that's a, let's
0: talk about that. You brought, you brought that up. I didn't think of that. So you can take a property in commercial, not mm-hmm. necessarily Airbnb, mm-hmm. but we're talking about making a million dollars in a year. So we, we didn't talk about how to make, or we didn't talk about um, actually getting paid it's just creating the million dollars right uh-huh. so so you can do that through rents so if you buy a building that has 10 apartments or 10 retail stores in it and you are able to manipulate the rents in that building and you know let's say you bought it for five and it valued at five hundred thousand, and you were able to double the rents in that building now it could be worth a million five mm-hmm. so you've just created a million dollars in equity
1: even though it's not liquid it's you not li- still right. have created that you created that, the
0: million right. dollars in equity mm-hmm. you can now go to a bank and you could borrow against that and in most cases you can get 70% of your money out of that and and you know there's your million dollars there you right go. there
1: well let's talk, you mentioned going to a bank what are and you're good at this this is like where you explode right creativity I don't know. <laughs> In getting people the deal, so creativity and financing options. What are some ways that you do things cre- creatively? And I've seen you do it. I've I've been sitting in your office, and you've like been like, and now you're gonna do this, and now you're gonna do this, and look, now you've paid for it.
0: There's ways to tweak rents and tweak tenancies and, and and add rentals, like whether you're you're if you're buying a building and you need it to justify for, for a certain amount of money all of a sudden you have a huge parking lot, you can go out and rent 10 spots for $100 Mm -hmm. each. You've just created $1,000 a month of extra rent that is now bankable for your mortgage. Helps you hit the value, helps you get, um, if your ratios aren't working, Mm -hmm. it helps you generate that extra income where you can actually make the building work and get a loan on it.
1: I was in your office not too long ago where you were doing some sort of seller or something, like the seller was doing something. Sure,
0: so, There's many opportunities where a building won't appraise for a certain number, but a seller is like, I'm not selling if I don't get this number, right? So there's something called seller financing. So seller financing does not have to be subject to an appraisal. Mm. Appraisal is a third party coming in and telling you what something's worth, right? But if you want to buy and he wants to sell and he's willing to be the bank for you, okay, and you don't care what it appraises for, then we can make a deal here.
1: But what if I stop paying him?
0: Then he takes the property the back. The property's gone. He puts a lien on it. So it still has the okay. same traditional safety nets that a bank would have as far as well, lien with protection. The difference is the standards to give you the loan are different, right? And he may be willing to do that because he doesn't want the property anymore.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He It's a headache for him. He wants to get rid of it. He's going to give it to you. He's going to take your deposit because you're going to put down 20%. Mm-hmm. And if you're good for two or three years, he just made interest on you for two or three years. And then if you default, he still has your 20%. -hmm. So as long as you didn't burn the building down, and if you did, you have insurance, he he made out because he could get that property back and then just sell it again and do it over and over and over. Okay. So I have this client once in Hoboken, New Jersey. They had a restaurant and they built up this beautiful, wonderful restaurant. They owned the property. They sold the restaurant business took a huge chunk of money, they took like $250,000 deposit down, they held paper, the people killed the business, within three years it went out of business. And they were like, this is awesome. They took it back, (laughs) they kept all those payments, they built the business up again, Mm -hmm. and then they did the same thing over. They took the deposit, they sold it, and guess what, it went out of business again. So that to them, whether they were doing it intentionally or not, that was their business model. They kept on building this business, they now took they they worked their butts off for 2 years they built it back up now they had a 3 or 4 year vacation they went out of business <laughs> then they took it back and they did it over and over and over so just in deposits they sold that wow so there's this, you can do the same thing with buildings you know obviously you never want to go into something with the intent of someone failing but it's not the worst scenario you can you can actually make out so and if you can't hit your appraised numbers if the appraisals aren't going to hit the numbers that you want to sell for, you have to be flexible. You know, you can't have your cake and eat it too. So, you've heard that expression. So here's a way where you can do both. You can get the number you want, but you just have to be willing to to be the bank for it. And you can have your cake. Yes, keys. you can <laughs> have your cake and eat it too. And it works all the time. And I actually have uh, two properties where I have seller financing, and this the the sellers did it because they wanted an annuity payment. They wanted like a tax free kind of. Mm-hmm payment that would go on for years for them. So there wasn't an issue with bank financing. It was just that that's what the sellers wanted for their life. So there's all kinds of ways to structure something. Does
1: this ever happen in residential?
2: I mean, it's tough to find somebody that's willing to sell or finance a house. Most of the time, if somebody's selling, it's because they want to buy another house. Mm-hmm. But it does happen. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's not completely, um, you know, completely out there. Like it, It's happened. I, I personally haven't done many deals with seller financing, but also... You know, the time that I, a lot of the time that I spent in real estate interest rates were low. So yeah. it yeah, didn't make sense. You just go like, to a bank, yeah. they'll give you the appraisal and you're good to go.
0: And if, if you have a situation where someone's not capable of getting a certain mortgage short term, you could sell our finance for two years. Uh, and then they could switch out of it and go to a traditional financing in, in two years. So it's just an option that people should look at. Uh, so
1: do either of you have either of you ever dealt with crowdfunding? Crowdfunding. For birthday goodbye. gifts for people. <laughs> crowdfunding <laughs> To start real uh, to start real estate investment.
0: I've never dealt with it. I've read about it. I've heard mm-hmm. about it. We've thought of creating mm-hmm. some kind of crowdfunding because we do a lot of projects. Right. People always ask us to get involved in our projects, and we may be doing crowdfunding in the future, but I haven't done anything with
2: it yet. I, I had somebody actually in the last, uh, let's say, six months to a year or so, we were talking about... Kind of going in on so essentially, I would invest X amount, I'd get X percentage of the deal, and it was for a it was for a single family house mm-hmm. in Bergen County. Um, it just I don't, I don't know, it just didn't excite me. It just didn't excite me to own you know the five percent of this house, a piece or whatever. of a house. Like for me, I would rather just go go all out and just yeah. just you know high risk, high reward, right? So maybe I'm going to get a I don't know fifteen twenty percent return on that, which is great in a year. But on the other side of things, if I do it myself, my return could be much bigger. So
0: let's just clarify,
2: crowdfunding, it's more f-
0: small amounts of money. Correct. Right? Yeah, this right. was, yeah, this was $2 million yeah. or something. Because you know, people do, pounds. like we've done syndications where you know, right. we'll buy a $10 million building with 10 people, but that's not crowdfunding.
1: I think yeah. with crowdfunding, there are not as many regulations around it as well.
0: Uh, one of our friends is actually doing crowdfunding. Surf is doing crowdfunding. We're going to have him on the show one day to talk about it. But um, it's interesting. I wanted to do something where we, we have this city of Hackensack. It's a very nostalgic city. There's a lot of mm-hmm. people that love it. I wanted to take an old building in Hackensack. I, th- I think I told you about mm-hmm. this. And I wanted to give all the residents in Hackensack the opportunity to buy like a brick, a piece of it. One brick. Not one brick or one piece. You know, right. just be like, here's this building. It's an iconic Hackensack downtown building. And millions of families grew up here. And it was like, how cool would it be if you could say, I own a piece of you know, main street, one, two, three, one, two, main, two, three main street, main main street. Right. you know, it was more of a nostalgia type yeah. fun thing, but I thought that would be a cool way to actually make and a deal And why didn't happen. we do this? I don't know. I just haven't gotten <laughs> to it yet, but <laughs> you know, it's something that I think would be fun to try.
1: Okay. Talk so. to me about making money through any kind of technology in real estate. The, the, if I am a techie and I want to make money, million dollars in real estate is there a way to do it with any kind of technology
2: the the new buzzword right now is ai right chat chat gpt Mm. and all of this so um that's what a lot of different that's what a lot of people are using for marketing they're using Mm. it for um just just lead generation and things like that so i i I think it's going to be i mean it's we're really just at the beginning of like like chat gpt for instance we're really at the very very beginning of like where it becomes useful um, you know, I've used it recently for certain things. It's, it's it's absolutely insane what it's able to do.
0: Yeah, and I think you hit it with the lead gen. Yeah, that's a great way in tech to make money. I think if you can create a program or create an opportunity via websites and tech and technical tech technology tech, stuff tech tech, tech, yeah. tech <laughs> apps, <laughs> you know whatever it is, if you can create a way to gather information, and then you find people that want to buy that information via leads or knowledge or whatever, I think that's a huge that's way to make money. that's what Zillow does. That's yeah. what
2: Trulia does. That's what all these websites do. It's called
1: PropTech. Prop property, tech. property tech. Okay. Yeah.
2: So that's exactly Prop what they tech. do. They, they, they're not their houses most of the time that they're selling. They're other people's houses. All they are is just mm-hmm. connecting them. Mm-hmm. Look, I, I work with Zillow all the time, and I pay money to Zillow for those leads. Mm. So imagine you can duplicate something like that, maybe not on the same scale, but something like that on your own using AI. Locally.
1: Yeah. Okay, so we all know that you can become an investor, that you can become an agent. Um, what other things can I do in real estate? Like, what if what if becoming an agent isn't for me or investing isn't for me? To make a million dollars. Wholesale
2: properties.
0: Wholesaling, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, Omar can talk about wholesaling. Yeah. He's a big wholesaler. He used to do it. Yeah, so that's just literally taking a contract – and then not intending on buying it but getting it at a discounted price mm-hmm. because of a relationship or because of a situation and then finding someone to buy it quickly for more money and then you get to keep the difference. So that's, that's, that's something you one. could do in real estate. People do that all the time.
1: What about – well, property management won't get you a million dollars.
0: I don't think so. I've done yeah. it, and I think it's more of a headache. Um, and I only like to manage properties that, that I own or right. that I have a part of at this point. But when I was younger, I, I managed properties for years. We had a ton of properties, and we treated them well. The good thing about property management is it will generate leads for you. Mm-hmm. So if you're new in the business and you don't have connections, and you can limit yourself to maybe two careers, you know, like real estate as far as an agent and then maybe property management then you, have, you can put the time into it. A lot of those properties that you would manage will have rentals that they're going to need. If you, if you manage a mall, a strip mall, you can rent that out. Um, sometimes the people want to sell, and now you would have the opportunity to sell the building for them. So,
1: I know how someone can make a million dollars in 2024. Printing press. Landshark. Tell Ooh, us about the Expos. Yes. Tell us about the expos that we're going to be having and how that's going to help each and every viewer make a million dollars.
0: I was just telling Adam about this earlier. So one of the things we're doing with the real estate mix is we're going to do land shark. So basically what we're doing is we're going to call investors throughout New Jersey, and we're going to have them submit projects to us. We have a panel of five people, all investors. These deals are going to come in, and we're going to pick – one per. We have four events happening this year. We're going to pick one deal per event, and we are going to fund that project for that person. So it's that super exciting. Could be exciting.
1: someone's way of making a million yeah, dollars, yeah, getting yeah. it funded.
0: So go out there and find those projects, and then bring them in. And if they make sense, we're going to fund it for you. And there's your money.
1: And it doesn't have to be like a regular, like someone who's been investing forever. It could be anyone.
0: Right? It could be anyone. It could be your grandmother. It could be your 18-year-old child who came across an opportunity. We want to hear about opportunities. We're excited to, to use this as a method for teaching and for helping people grow and for helping people um, get started in real estate. You know, no one, no one did that for us when we were yep. getting started. So we are looking for regular people. We'll do you know we'll do we'll yeah. do other people too, but it would be I think we would love to get those regular people in here and have them help help them with their first opportunities. You know I think it's going to be so cool. I'm excited for it. That's all I can Are say. You, do
1: you have something to bring to it? Maybe you should bring your expertise. your expertise and also your Airbnb ID idea. Yeah. You could get it funded. He could get it funded. I mean. It could happen. Yeah, you're probably disqualified oh, because yeah. you're, I
0: you're here. You're, I think you may be one of the judges. But, yeah, so we're we're literally going to fund the project for somebody. Um, there's really no limits. It's just about what makes sense. Obviously, that person has to be capable of being involved. You know, we're not looking to take a project for someone. We're looking right. to have them in the project mm-hmm. and participate with us. Right, it's a partnership. Yeah, it's it's a part- not a takeover. Yeah, right. 100% partnership. And um, we're excited about it. And our goal is to do, I guess, as, as I said, we're going to do four this year. Mm-hmm. And if it works, we're going to do more. So we're super excited.
1: Well, I think that if someone is even interested in that, they should start off by taking the Find Fun Flip course that we offer at the Center for Real Estate Education. They should take your commercial course, which you talk about things like that. You talk about... Um, I talk about showing value in commercial Added and, value. and learning right. about
0: commercial. But right. Any kind of experience will help you understand what to look for. You know, The more classes you take, mm-hmm. the more you read, the more you will learn on how to identify opportunities. It's and what's really right about for that. you. Right. It's about what's right for you. It could be about what's right for someone else. You, know, you may not be able to take on something like that, but having a partner will help you. Yep. You know, I, When I took on my first 20,000-square-foot um, vacant, real estate property huh. which I had to buy for a ton of money and not, not it wasn't only the buying part of it but then I had to renovate it so I could put ten, tenants into it that was a huge undertaking for me at like 28 years old so I found a partner who was more stable and who had money he didn't have any experience but I felt that I had the experience I knew what I was doing but I didn't have the money mm-hmm. you know I didn't have the money to take the whole thing down so because when you're buying something that's vacant you can't get financing on it usually so you have to pay cash so you go out and get a partner. And we're going to be here as as Landshark to go help help people with these opportunities. So I can't wait to see what comes down the pike. David, can I? I, I'm really excited about it. Awesome. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah.
1: No. So we have a question. Are you guys ready for the question from one of our viewers?
0: We are always ready. I mean, he's always ready. I'm ready. I don't know if I'm ready. Yeah. So I Let's think you've
1: it. you've touched on this. And I think, you know, if Dan has been listening to the whole thing, he already knows the answer. But Dan from Elizabeth is asking where are the best opportunities for investment in real estate for 2024. But he qualifies this. He's like, should he be looking in malls? Should he be looking in for warehouse and industrial? Should he be multifamily or solely single family? In kind a of mall, like a shopping mall. I, I mean, I mean, I retail, guess, like a shopping kinda... plaza. Listen. Don't do that to Dan. I'm trying Dan to understand this question. All
0: right, read it again. Okay. Or give me the. D-
1: Dan wants to know where are the best opportunities in investment in real estate for 2024 are. There in malls, residential, warehouse, or industrial, multifamily, single family. What are they?
2: All of the above. Yeah. It's it's, r- it's really about finding the deal, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean malls. You're gonna you're not seeing as much. You're you're seeing malls change, right? You're seeing like um. I think Maybe uh, he
1: didn't mean mall malls. Like he said like, mall, he might you're mean the like a strip mall. mall. Yeah, okay. but same so it's thing. Still a mall.
2: You're seeing retail change. You're seeing a massive change mm-hmm. over the last several years, right? You're not seeing. You're seeing more online. You're not seeing as much um, actual. You're, drive down Route 17 in Paramus. Mm-hmm. Vacant, vacant lots vacant, everywhere. Vacant no, storefronts right. everywhere. There's going to be a lot of Halloween stores. So
0: I would ask Dan a question before we would answer his question. Okay. I mean, we're going to answer it anyway. Pretend I'm Dan. But ask me. I would say Dan what's your experience in real estate, right? And you're gonna say, nothing. Dan's gonna say, just, I don't have a lot of experience. You're gonna say, I own a house, right? Right. So then I'm gonna say, Dan, you probably shouldn't be looking at strip malls to begin with. <laughs> you should be probably looking at smaller things that you could take down, like a two family house mm-hmm. or a, or taking a piece of land and, and having it subdivided where you could build, you know, you buy one piece of land and subdivide it into four homes where now you could sell it to a builder or build your own homes. Things that are smaller with smaller opportunities. And then you slowly grow your way up. But that's not to say that if you recognize or you think you recognize something bigger, then you go to somebody, like you bring it to to Landshark and you say, hey, this is a bigger opportunity. I can't handle this, but I recognize that this is something amazing. And maybe it is, and then we partner with you. Or you go to someone that you trust, an attorney who understands real estate, and you talk to to them about it. Or you come to us and you talk to us about it. You You go to somebody... They can help you understand what you think you found. Because yes, even though you don't have that experience, if you recognize something, go for it.
1: If you see something, say something. There you go. Yep. Thanks for watching this episode. Now don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a comment. And we'll see you next time.